welcome everyone. I was, uh, I was most excited with the kids play when seven Charlie Browns came on the stage at the end. That was exciting to me. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I did. I love Charlie Brown. I love Christmas. I love everything that has to do with Christmas, um, except sometimes everything that has to do with Christmas. Do you know what I mean when I say that? I love everything, and I also don't love everything that has to do with Christmas. See, a lot of things that we do at Christmas, um, things are marked at this time of year. Things are marked whenever there's a holiday, whenever there's something. Um, when you're a kid on the stage, everything seems to be all right. And as you kind of grow, things kind of get in the way and life happens and, and, and heartache happens. And for some reason, it seems to happen around Christmas a lot. And things start to hurt and things start to be painful. So this year, as we get into this Advent season, and we wait, and we wait expectantly, we want to wait for God to heal. We want to wait for God to work. We want to wait for God to be in our lives as we do that. So as a kid, I grew up uh, Ukrainian tradition. Anybody got some Ukrainian tradition in them at all? I know this is a Mennonite church, so I don't know how many. We've got a couple hands. And, and I also think a lot of Mennonites, you guys celebrate, um, we uh, celebrate a bit on Christmas Eve. Who celebrates completely everything Christmas Eve for their for their Christmas tradition? Yeah, a few of us. And as I grew up, you would wake up Christmas Eve morning, and that was the big day. But you could not do anything. You were not allowed into the kitchen. You could not eat. You could not do anything until the first star came out. So you had to wait. So me and my brother, we would, uh, we would get up, and you wouldn't be allowed to have breakfast or lunch, and you would get hungry, and you'd always try to sneak in the kitchen and steal a pickle or something like that. And you would wait, and you would wait, and you would wait, and you'd have to wait until the first star comes out. And so we would go to the front of our aunt's house in Calgary, and, and, in, in, uh, and we would get to the front, and we would wait, and we would look for that first star to come out, and finally it would come out. Later I learned it was actually Venus, so... Uh, it's a planet. But anyways, we wait for Venus to come out. We'd see it. We're like, yes, we can eat. So we get, everyone gathers around. But then my mom would be like, no, we got to go to Christmas Eve service. And I'm like, no, let's get these proceedings rolling. And we'd have to wait a little bit more. Then they would go and they'd come back. And then there's the anticipation of all the presents under the tree. And you thought you knew what was coming. Every year you had anticipation. And some years... Everything worked out perfectly. You got that Atari 2600, and I got Atari 2600 when I was a kid. I realized later on that Atari 2600s, back in those days, in the 84, was about 250 or $300. That is a lot of money. That's almost $1,000 nowadays. So thank you, Mom and Dad, for that gift I played with three times, but I appreciate it. But you would wait in anticipation. That's what we're doing at Advent. We are waiting. You know, there's two calendars that we base our lives around, and one of them we really base our lives around. The secular calendar. January 1st to December 31st, we mark out our, our centuries, our years, our months, our days, our weeks, our hours. We mark everything by a particular calendar. So much so that actually at Christmas it becomes more and more busy. And the year comes around, the sales come out, we have to get stuff, we have to move, we have to go. The secular calendar marks out ways that we have to do things here and now and then. It becomes difficult, it becomes hard. So much so that this year, Advent is, if you don't know, Advent is the four-week 
identified as the dictionary of the mind is that what sustains your life. Listen to what David says later in what Jeremiah tells him to do, that there is David's mind and the king's of Saul's life. Here's the thing. Jeremiah doesn't concern himself with those details.
there's a huge tension and story we are away from walking by faith and living by faith and living by my own sight, living by what I have seen in my life. No, the Bible tells us that the Bible calls for us to live by faith. I was going to say to walk by faith, but we just did. But what kind of walking by that word to walk by faith makes us feel very individual and unique about ourselves? Living by faith is still living in the breathing and the doing and the everything that is deeply part of you as an individual. How many of us have said that before when we were concerned about things that we felt like we were thinking or what we heard or what other people were doing in our life? Joseph comes to God and he says, well, this is not possible. That was impossible. It is impossible. I'm going to have to do something else here. And I bet you Mary and Joseph also had a clever way to make him say, well, I'll make it possible. Just like Abraham and Sarah had hoped, you know, they figured those things out.